When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Spurs show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Good evening, good day, wherever you are around the world. We've had to convene for an emergency podcast. <laughs> Normally we do this, it's like a crisis show. But this is far from a crisis show. We are here to pick the, the bones out of probably one of the, probably if the, if the greatest night uh, in Tottenham's history. And we'll discuss why it's the greatest night. And we've had many other great nights. And uh, our, our special guest on the phone has been part of some of those great nights and was part of the last time we won a, UEFA, uh, a, a European semi-final. And he, in fact, scored on that, that, that game as well. We're joined... He's in a wheelchair at the moment. We'll talk about that as well. We're joined by Mr. Mickey Hazard. Good evening, guys. Lovely. Thank you so much for joining, Mickey. How is the knee, which you obviously did at the new stadium, didn't you? Yeah, the knee's great, but the ankle's not very good. Oh, I, was, I was in the ankle, was it? I beg your pardon. <laughs> it's the Achilles, yeah. Snapped the Achilles oh, in two my. places. Mm. Will, will, you, will, will you be fit for the final on June the 1st? Um, to be honest with you, I, you know, I saw Harry running last, last night. It's inspired me to get out <laughs> on the track and do some extra running. Um, if Harry can make it, I'm certain I can. Oh, that's fantastic. And also joining me tonight, my co-host, Theo Delaney. Hello. And thank you for joining us, Theo, and also Mr. Robert Eason. Hello, Mike. Right, right. Well, let's 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 try and start from the beginning. Let's try and sort of try and look back at the whole game. You know, some of us were there, some of us were at home watching it. It doesn't really matter where Spurs fans were. We we're all part of that evening. And 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 again, looking back at the beginning of the game, Mickey, there's something about us in Europe this season and, and in the league giving away really silly early goals when as a as a fan as an ex-player you kind of go steady start let's just get a foot in the game and again four or five minutes we were one down yeah i mean i i i my thoughts were that uh, we needed to learn from the first game in the first game we gave them too much space to play in um and and obviously they're such good players that they were able to exploit the spaces and the gaps that we allowed for them um and we the way we played in the second half where we pressed on a bit and put them under pressure we learned that um, they were great in space but not so good when you put them under pressure so I felt we should have gone there and started the game uh, pretty much in that fashion you know the second half fashion at the new stadium uh, put them under pressure knock them off their stride get them starting to doubt themselves quiet in the crowd mm. and, and um, who knows what could happen but again we started a bit slowly almost like we were lacking a bit of confidence with We've been on a bad run, so yes. uh, of course confidence wouldn't be at its highest. Yeah. Um, but, it, it, but sometimes in a semi-final, no matter what's happened or gone before, it goes out the window. You're ready. You're ready to go to war. But we looked a bit tentative, a little bit nervous, um, and, and almost like we were playing the ca- the occasion yeah. rather than the game. Um, and once we settled down and started to play the game, we saw the flaws in the Ajax team. They weren't quite as good 
and as fluent when we were pushing uh, higher up the pitch on them, you know, and um, in the end, it paid great dividends. But ironically, if, if you look back at the way we were trying to play them in the first leg, everyone sort of said they're not good for set pieces. We started with Lorente in the first leg, get crosses in. And then the irony of ironies is them that do a set piece on us. Rob, the marking, it was a weird marking, was sort of Trippier was trying to block Delete's run, the Tongan was trying to get there. Trippier sort of just let him go. Ali then picked him up, but didn't pick him up. It was an awful goal, wasn't it? Well, I would have thought the, the hostile atmosphere as well, you know, concentration levels are difficult in those sort of situations. The other thing as well is that the first goal isn't the deal breaker because yeah. you see, you need two goals, yeah, whatever happens, we, to go through. Whatever happened, we had so to if score. So if they scored, we still needed two goals. Yeah. So you always, I always think you feel that that you know that first goal it, it, it's not necessarily you know gonna gonna break the, the stick that's gonna break the camel's back I, I guess it probably I mean only they can answer but I mean I guess it, it, it was just concentration levels mm. um and they, they, there's a lot of movement from that Ajax team yeah. you know p- players are constantly on the move and and it's unusual because obviously more in the in the Premier League mm. you know especially at set pieces it's a yeah. little bit more Sort of but stagnant. then Theo, we came back well. Son had a, a, a sort of very weird angle. We hit the post, yeah. bounced back. Ericsson sort of slipped and missed it. Yeah. What, what were you feeling then? When you know, uh, well, it's funny. A lot of people have been saying today on the on the radio and stuff that we were terrible in the first half. I don't think we were terrible in the first half. I thought we were. You know, we made we had quite a few openings. Missed a couple of chances. Hit the post, as you say. And I don't know. I said this to my. I watched it with my dad amongst mm, other too, people, yeah. and my dad. Um, <laughs> I said, I've always felt all the way through the game that we were in it, all the way through, including the first half, even when we were 2-0 down. I never felt like we were down and out. He, of course, said, don't be ridiculous, you're just saying that now because we won. (laughs) But I really Mm. didn't. And I thought in the first half, we looked like we were capable of making chances. Mm. And uh, so, you know, I, I I never... felt like we were out of it. Mickey, what, 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 how were you feeling? Presumably you were watching at home because of your injury. What did yeah. you, what, how were you feeling when we went 2-0 down? When I think Wanyama, no, sorry, Trippier sort of slipped, missed the ball. Uh, it was, you know, it was quickly, quickly got. And I mean, it was, it was a good goal. What were you feeling then? Did you, th- I mean, because you're one of the most optimistic Spurs fans I've ever met. What were you to feeling on- there? To, to be honest, totally honest yeah. with you, I actually thought we would win 3-2 and Muru would get an hat-trick. <laughs> <laughs> well, fairness to Theo, Theo predicted 3-2 uh, in the last show, didn't you? I said, we will win. I've got the recording. We'll play it in a minute. I said, my prediction was, we'll win. I reckon we'll win 3-2 and it won't, but it won't be, it'll be dramatic. We'll probably do it with a last-minute winner. And I bet on 3-2 oh, well, and I had well, more to get well, two goals. So yeah, I, I did very, very nicely. Say, I, agree, I agree with Theo on, on, on the basis that um, in the first half, for instance, it wasn't that we were bad. It was a combination of good and bad. When we had the ball, mm. we looked threatening, we looked dangerous, we looked like we could score goals. But when we didn't have the ball and they had it, we looked very, very vulnerable. Every time they attacked, I felt like there was a possibly going to be a chance on the end of it. So um, we were good going forward, and which 
which gave us the belief that, well, hang on, there's goals in this if we can just tighten up. Mm. Um, and, and as it so happened, once we tightened up and stopped looking so vulnerable and pressed them high up the pitch, the goals came because they couldn't cope with the with the sort of a different kind of game that we played, the press high, but also we went a little bit longer into Lorente and then fed off of his, got movement off of him and, and he fed it into people's runs, which well, eventually was how the winning goal came. Well, let's talk about Lorente. Actually, now you mentioned him because I think most fans would say that in the league he hasn't been great but in the Champions League this season he has been key against PSV Dortmund scored the goal Manchester City and now this game as well and, and there's been a lot of if you all the sort of players interviews a lot's been talked about what happened to that dressing room at half time according to Kieran Trippier uh, Harry Kane came in gave them an absolute rollicking yeah uh, I mean whatever was, was, was said Rob at half time and obviously the formation change, which was kind of enforced because we had to change it. What a difference that made. Well, you know, the, the bottom line is you just simplify things. Yeah. Um, and I guess at the beginning of these games, you know, we, we, we can probably, as, as football people, overcomplicate everything in our discussions. I'm sure it happens in, in the changing room. Also, the Champions League, it's the highest level of technical football in the world. So... You know, it's unusual to go out with a philosophy of long ball, if you like. Mm. However, when, you know, when you're up against it and you're back against the wall, you need to start, you know, being a bit more direct, which yeah. is what we were. We simplified it. it. And I don't know if teams are ready for it. It was brave. don't plan for it. It was bloody brave, wasn't it? I mean, it was a gamble because he basically left Sissoko on his own yeah. in the, in the mid, to, to be the midfield, you know, holder in the in midfield enforcer. I mean, that is... You, again, you know, Poch, he's got guts and, it, you know, they hit the woodwork a couple of times, as did we. I well, mean, we'll, we'll come to that. Yeah. I mean, then it was like... Sorry, Mike, it's on. just such a psychological yo-yo. Yeah. I mean, Mickey will be the best person to talk to about yeah. this. But in these two-legged games, how many times over the years we've just seen it, teams are just on top, they get the yeah. momentum. There's no stopping them. I mean, it happened the night before with yeah. Liverpool. Yeah. And, and, and they just go backwards and forwards and all of a sudden another team get 20 minutes of the game and they're on top and you, you sit back... Mm. And it's knowing how to manage, manage the yeah. two legs of, of, of a football game is, is complex. Mickey, what did you see in the second half, even before we scored? We scored about 56 minutes. Did you notice, there, could you see a change? Did you think we're, we're, we're definitely going to get back into this game? Yeah, I mean, what I saw was that, you know, one of the sayings that throughout my young football life and, and, and in training when we played sort of uh, Olens v Youngens, always it would be you win nothing with kids mm. um, and obviously I always felt that if we could get one goal, just one mm. goal the old momentum of the tie would change because um, everything had gone Ajax's way, they were 3-0 up they'd not been asked really any questions mm. uh, in the second half at the new stadium when we did put them under a little bit of pressure, they couldn't really cope and, and they didn't have the experience to deal with it uh, and, and, and I thought one goal will turn this tie on and said the youngsters of Ajax will suddenly go into their shells, mm. uh, into their shells uh, and we will start to get back in and get chances. And, and yeah. then it became about, can we take the chances? Because we're not going to get loads of chances, but yeah. when we do, we've got to be clinical. And, and uh, you know, to get the two goals in four minutes was such a... Uh, an absolute colossal change to the momentum of that game. And you can almost, you could feel the IX youngsters starting to lose a little bit of art, lose a little bit of belief mm. uh, and, and stop 
they didn't have the same courage and belief to play without fear that they'd had when they started the game. Yeah. And that came about because of the, for me, the biggest uh, impact was the Lorente changed. Yes. Suddenly we changed our style of play. We went longer, it did into Lorente. Uh, and he positioned himself brilliantly. I thought it was a great move. I don't know whether it was discussed with Poch or not, but he put himself up against Danny Blind, who's not particularly strong at all. He's not quick. Um, Lorente is not quick, so it was almost a like for like. <laughs> and Lorente was able to hold him off and, and bring our, our great midfielders like Delhi making runs off of him, so on, into play. And, and the, the, the tactic absolutely worked, possibly as good as it it will ever work. Yeah. You know, Lorente had his best game for me in a Spurs shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, looked like he'd been playing all season. And, yeah. and as a consequence of his older play, um, we looked like we were going to score goals almost in every attack. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the two quick goals. It was very similar to the, the night before in Liverpool with Wijnaldum yeah. scored the two quick goals. The first one, again, and obviously, as most Spurs fans, we've watched this over and over again. The speed of Mora, who started that move, played it to Ali, and then absolutely, you know, the run, he overtook Deli Ali, who was running with the ball. He, he, the way he sailed past a couple of defenders, quick feet, strength as well, which you can argue is one of, the, I think, his weaknesses. In the first half, I was a bit disappointed by him. Rob, you mentioned this before. He was sort of running into blind alleys, losing the goal. But he's such a great player, Theo, when yeah. head down, running at players. And just, again, the sort of, the goal just, just beautifully done. Yeah, I mean, what can you say about Lucas Moura? I've just, I've just seen that he's one of only, I don't know how many, he's been given 10 out of 10 by Le Keep, the you know, legendary France football magazine. 10 out of 10 match rating. Only the 10th ever player to receive such a rating since that magazine was formed in 1946. They've only really? ever given a 10 out of 10 10 times. Wow. And he's the 10th. And the irony was obviously he was sold by Umar Emery. By Paris Saint-Germain. By he the was Arsenal sold manager. by the Arsenal manager. <laughs> I mean, he was, he was, abs- I, I love, I like Lucas Moore anyway. I mean, I like him, but what, what, what you've got to say, he's got the equipment. He's incredibly strong. He's got an amazing sort of low center. Of he's very good at holding the ball out. He did that when we were down to nine men against Bournemouth, yes, by did. the way. He did it very, yeah. very well. He's also got speed. He's also got great feet, which we saw for that incredible second goal, mm. the feet. But what he had, I mean, we, all, we knew he's got those ingredients, but what he seems to have is an unbelievable thirst to win an yes. incredible spirit that on a night like that where everyone's displaying that he almost seemed to be on his own level I mean that mm-hmm. that second goal the determination but allied with incredible, incredible skill to get that ball in the net while we're all yeah. on the floor because 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 of the point blank save mm. that's just taken place well Mickey that's right I mean the second goal was a really good move Ericsson played at wide Trippier and you know Lorente had to score from six yards in fairness I thought it was a really good one-handed save um, and then it looked like it looked like um, we'd, we'd lost the ball, and just the quick feet of Moore with his back to goal, and then the swiveling shot was was I've never seen a goal like that. Have you, Mickey? It, it, it was exceptional, and, and but what we will say is Lorente should one hundred percent have scored before <laughs> yeah. him. And yeah. I don't know if you know these guys, but all last week I was in given Lorente uh, sorry given um, Mura speed training. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, but I mean, unbelievable feat from Mura. As you say, he's got a low centre of gravity. He's able to change direction almost on a sixpence. You know, he can be going one way and suddenly he's moving the other. He's got he's got unbelievably quick feet. 
Um, and it showed on the goal a quick fade bomb and it's in, suddenly it's in the back of the net we're back in the game and in actual fact you don't realise when you watch the third goal until you see it and slow it down how quick his feet was to get that finish in the first mm. time yeah, absolutely. it was an absolutely incredible finish it was you know I, I didn't even realise he did the shot <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, it was and it was going into the net it was yeah. an incredible uh, feat and, I, and I've got to say you know there's, there's areas of uh, Moura's game um, that are quite exceptional, and if he could bottle what he had last night, mm. he could become a really, really top player. But too often, mm. he, uh, as you said, it touched on early, he sort of runs up blind alleys and into dead ends, um, and and sort of the, the the moments when he should release the ball, yeah. he doesn't, and the moment when he should run with it, sometimes he, he releases it. So if when he gets the balance right. He's an absolutely top draw player, and and if I was his coach, I'd be working on his decision making, getting that balance right, when and when not to run with the ball, when and when not to pass, um, because in and around the box, this guy can be absolutely electrifying, mm. um, as we saw last night, and, and and in a in the game against Huddersfield when he got a hat trick. Yeah. Um, in the box, he, he, you're fighting to touch him because he's got such quick feet and he's so nimble and sharp off the mark that you think you're there and he's gone. Right, well, let's uh, just one second, to, uh, Rob, because we're going to a quick break. We'll, we'll continue chatting about this extraordinary game after this very, very short break. The Spurs show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. And we're back in the room. Uh, right, uh, very, very quickly before we continue about this game, uh, just a few bits of business. Uh, quick update on the end-of-season Spurs show, which was due to be May the 14th, which is next week. Obviously, we've had to postpone it because it's, our season isn't over. Our season is now going to go on to June the 1st. So we'll let you know where and when that show will be extremely soon. Uh, don't forget, very quickly, nominations are now open for the Spurs show player of the season. Uh, the shortlist has been whittled down by a panel. Uh, Harry Kane... Hummin Sun, Musa Sissoko, Jan Vertonghen and Danny Rose. I mean, you could say if we open this before yesterday's game, then more could now get a look in. Yeah. Tweet, your, tweet your pick, though, to at Spurs Show or post on our Facebook group and we'll announce the winner at the end of the season. Rob, right, so it's now 2-2. Uh, 58 minutes gone. There was then a kind of lull of 20 minutes when, thankfully, nothing quite happened. And I thought that kind of worked in our favour. Mm. Robert. Well, it, it did. Uh, it didn't feel like it at the time. <laughs> um, it started to go a bit flat. Um, yeah, I mean, you just, you, you, again, you're just looking for the signs of who who's going to take the game by the scruff of the neck. But there were chances at both ends yeah. after that. And I guess, you know, when you've watched football long enough, you, you just know it's in the hands of the gods at that point. Yeah, because um, there was one shot that Louis well, uh, parried, but it didn't yes. fall to one of their players. Correct, and they uh, had the post. shot that went wide yeah. hit the post. Well, my father, thought... bless him, when he was alive, God rest I his mean, soul. he 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 would say that when they hit the post like that, or you know, didn't get the chances that mm. that they, told you that that, that it yeah. was going to be Spurs' yeah. night. Yeah. And well, we were saying ourselves, you know, they're not scoring, so yeah. we this is still open. This is still yeah. open. The moment that I actually thought it was over mm. wasn't when we hit the crossbar. Because I mean, when we hit the crossbar, you just felt, God, we're never going to get another yeah. chance like that. Was when they had the ball in our corner flag 
on 95 minutes. Yeah, because it was, no, was five minutes of injury time. Yeah, and the guy had his foot on the ball and he was going to waste time and he was in our corner flag and I thought, well, there's just no way out now. Mm. And I've watched the replay now several times, as probably most fans have, and he stumbles on the ball inadvertently. He stumbled on it and it went out for a goal kick. Mm. And from that, we... You know, went straight up the field. And so scored. you're saying if he held onto that ball for a little he bit holds long... that ball for another three seconds, history's changed. Yeah, mm. yeah. I know. I know you can say that about every moment of the game. But, yeah. But that moment for me, mm. I, he gets the ball. I said, "Well, that's it." It's yeah. But it's right. You mentioned there the Vertonghen thing because you know I was saying at the time, I was saying at the time, uh, we get one more chance. We get one more chance. And the Vertonghen had that chance, Mickey, and obviously hit the bar. Did you then think that was our final chance, or did you still think we'd come again? Uh, you know, what you have to remember is, is the, the longer the game went on at 2-2, the better it was for us because the tension obviously had to set in there, in, into them more than it did us. We knew we had to score. They knew that they had to stop us scoring. So therefore, were we looking to throw as many men forward because yeah. they, they were through. At that point, they were through. And the three or four minutes to play, they're through. There's, yeah. there's nothing we can do unless we score. So they, keep, they became much more tense, much more... Uh, unlikely to throw as many bodies forward when they were breaking as they should have um, to get that fourth, but they didn't. They wanted to stay safe. Um, his substitutions became a little bit safe uh, mm-hmm. and it gave us the opportunity to just um, hang in there and, and keep going for it and keep doing what we were doing and, and hope that it turned. And for me, the turning point uh, or the thing that ultimately cost them, I know that the, the corner, what he said about the corner, the getting it in the corner, yeah, of course, but when the goalkeeper was playing um, the goal kick, the, the, the centre-back had kicked the ball away, then the keeper threw it away and he got booked for... Oh, the time-wasting. Um, time-wasting, yeah. and that added another minute to the game, <laughs> which which then gave us the opportunity yeah. to, from the goal kick, it was a little scramble in the centre of the park, got laid back to Sissoko, he helped it in the air. Laurent, a flick, Deli Alley, little... little Brilliant. Love, what a lovely little pass that was. That was ha- it was hazardesque. It, it was. It, it was, was hazardesque. It was. Mm. It was an unbelievable pass by Delhi mm. and an unbelievable finish. And but it, it, if you if you actually look back at it, it came from the goal kick mm-hmm. where the the keeper had actually bought us maybe forty seconds yeah. extra play. Yeah. Um, so, Justice. But it, my, my personal thoughts were when when Vertonghen hit the bar from that incredible chance. I thought we're not getting a better chance than this. We're either we're either going to score a wonder goal. And, and I don't know if you can remember when Toby broke into space like um, uh, Company did for Man City yeah. and he shaped as if he was going to hit it and then didn't hit it. Yeah. And I thought, it out oh, wide. that was the moment. It was a, it was a Company moment mm. and he didn't take it and he spread it wide. Um, but hey, listen, the game's done. Mm. We've just created history. It's possibly been... Um, Certainly, the most dramatic night in our history. Mm. I can't recall. I thought I thought Manchester City would uh, that yeah. game would never ever be beaten for drama, yeah. um, but this game surpasses everything I've ever seen. Mm. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a, a team or a game three 0 down uh, and uh, and dead buried against a very good side and and, and then getting through. Mm. Incredible. We're, we're in the Champions League final in Madrid on June the 1st. <laughs> I'm laughing as you to... say it because I still don't believe no. it. I don't believe it, it. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We don't believe it. We're all sort of shell-shocked almost. <laughs> yeah. But, it, you, you know, the one thing um, that I, when I was interviewed by the radio and the press before the game, mm. I said, listen, I said, I've been in a European final yeah. and the one thing that you must do, you must dig deep, deep into your soul and you must 
drag out from the bottom of your soul, from every inch of your heart. You've got to come out there and you've got to play with no fear. You've got to leave nothing on the pitch. And let's be fair, these boys, our boys, haven't started the game looking like they were playing with fear. They overcome the fear and they gave absolutely everything they had. And there's, for me, they were worthy winners of that tie because they left nothing on the pitch. And, and Poch, I mean, he's still crying today. Yeah. And I'll tell you something else. If we win this Champion League, I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, that, was, that was beautiful, Mickey, and I'm, I'm actually welling up again. Thanks for that. Um, to give it some con- context here, that was Ajax's first defeat at home after being 2-0 up at half-time since 1954 when they first wow. became professional. So wow. since they've been a professional club, they've never lost the game when they've been 2-0 up. And this is what made me laugh as well. Spurs were ahead in the semi-final tie for uh, an entire 68 seconds. Wow. Technically, we That's were just ahead. You know what? Yeah, well, come on, it was the seconds. most nerve-wracking 68 <laughs> yeah, seconds. Yeah, it really was. Well, funny you mention that because um, after the goal, which you, you described beautifully there, Mickey... Even after that, because of the celebrations, he had, there was another two more minutes. Yeah. And I just have to say, because it was the moment that I, was, I lost it, yeah. Lamella, it was a bit like Ericsson against Man City with a goal that wasn't. Yeah. Lamella, rather than just booting the ball, tried to sort of do a little shimmy, do a little shimmy and play it through someone's legs. And I just collapsed on the floor, going, yeah. get rid of it! Yeah, yeah. I made a noise that wasn't human. Yeah. It came from within. But, you, but yeah. you're right. What I'd like to talk to now, Theo, we'll start with you. And, and Mickey, again, is well-placed to talk about this, especially with the history of Tottenham Hotspur. When you look at the old European Cup, okay, which you were in, most teams were in it far less because you had to physically win the league title to be in it. Yeah. So we know in, in our history, we were only in it once. We got to the stage. We lost to Benfica. We didn't do it. And I know Bill Nicholson, it was one of his regrets in his life, professional life, that we didn't do it because he generally thought that we were good enough yeah. to beat that wonderful Real Madrid side. Benfica went on to win it, win it that season. So there was that regret. And then because it's now this sort of, le- there's the mini league, yeah. you know, we again, the PSV, I mean, we all know about the games that we, yeah. we, we managed to get through. Do you think, gentlemen, I'll start with you, Theo, do you think this achievement, I know we haven't won it and we've reached the final, but even still, do you think this achievement of reaching the Champions League final is bigger than, let's say, a Nottingham Forest playing Malmo or Hamburg in a European Cup? Yeah, I think it's tougher, definitely. I think in the old days, in the old three, it was great when we had three European competitions, but I think a lot of people felt like that the UEFA Cup was the hardest one to win because there were three or four good sides, very good sides from each country. Mm. And now, of course... That's a bit more like the Champions League now. Exactly, because now you get the champions and the best, other best. So so now it's it's easily, it's incredibly tough, tougher than any of those three competitions used to be. Tougher, obviously, than the epoxy old Europa League. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, in that sense, it is. I mean, obviously, with Forest, uh, they were a very small club and have gone back to being a very small club comparatively speaking yeah. so you probably factor Aston that in. Villa uh, Villa uh, yeah. One. yeah but I think it's tougher I think what we've done to get in this day I mean you only have got to look at the teams that we've actually the clubs the names that we've played we've played and, Barcelona and the money, Inter and the Milan. money that yeah. they've got Barcelona Inter Milan Dortmund Manchester City mm. and now Ajax the biggest you know most legendary club in Holland we've got past all of them they're all gone and we're in the final. Mickey, how, how do you see it? Do you agree with that, that it's, this is a, a bigger achievement than maybe, let's say, the 62 team got to the, if they did get to the European Cup final? Do you think this is a bigger achievement? 
listen, don't take anything away from reaching the semi-final in uh, the the old European Cup was still an absolutely incredible achievement. Um, but it, it's more difficult to win the Champions League today, pretty much like in the UEFA Cup when we played in it. Mm. We used to play against second, third, fourth and fifth. So there's yeah. four good teams from every league in Europe that we had to compete against. Um, and this is... You've got them sort of three very, very top teams. You know, if you look at the English league now, you're going to have Liverpool, Chelsea and Spurs. That makes any competition to win much, much tougher. But then you've got the champions as well. So, yes, this is a much tougher competition to win, mainly because you've got the four best team in every European league competing for it, um, which makes it, um, you know, that's why we get teams outside of, the champions uh, winning it. You know, you look at the, this year's final, for instance, the two teams that are competing in the final, uh, a team called Liverpool and the mighty Tottenham Hotspur. Um, you know, we, uh, n- neither team have won the league for a total of about 90 years between them. Mm. Um, you know, so <laughs> um, that says how good this competition is mm. because it's not someone who won their um, domestic league there's two teams who are in the final who haven't won the domestic league. Yeah. And that says how strong the competition is because of the teams behind the champions of their domestic leagues that are in the final. So, yeah, much tougher than the European Cup to win, um, but not taking anything away from any European Cup winners. They had to beat the best in that day. Mm. Um, but this one's tougher to win because there's more great sides in the competition. If you were in the current side, Mickey, let's say you, you know, you're you know, 30 years younger and you're in the current side. As a player now, would you rather be facing Barcelona or Liverpool in a, in a, Europe, in a Champions League final? Um, as someone who played in, in a similar situation in 84, um, obviously uh, Notts Forest played Anderlecht that's in the right, semi-final. The semis, they did, didn't they? Yeah. That's right. And I was praying to get Anderlecht because it's a European competition. Right. You want to play against European opposition. Um, main, one, from a selfish point of view, because European football suited my style mm. better than the English 100-mile-an-hour game. Mm. So I always wanted to play against European opposition. And, I, and um, so if I had the choice, Liverpool or Barcelona, putting aside my my like that, the fact that two English Premier League teams are in the final, I would have chosen Barcelona purely on the basis that it's a European competition. We want to beat the best in Europe. Um, whereas now we're playing against English opposition. It's now we know so much about other each other nobody knows who's going to win this game both sides capable of beating one another um but you it's a european competition and i sort of think that the final is is more glamorous if it's a, a european yeah. team playing an english team robert what was your feeling about it i mean looking at the way we set up and liverpool and barcelona i mean personally i think we've got more chance beating liverpool than i generally thought we had beating barcelona in their pub. Well, you know, we're not the favourites for the game, yeah. which is good. I think, you know, we've got nothing to lose. True. Um, and I think in this one-off game, it, it's going to just, you know, boil down to, you know, on the, what happens on the night. And the matches are usually pretty close between the two of us. Yeah. Um, uh, I think in terms of achievement, you know, what you were talking about before, the... the the point as well that you know how many of our players played in the in the World Cup last summer, when they haven't had a break and they've gone mm. right the way through now to June again. Um, I mean, it's and, and you're playing a young side in Ajax in mm. the semi. I mean, and the and the injuries and the fact and the that we haven't and we didn't sign any fresh in the squad up at all. No, so for me the achievement is this on so many levels. 
is 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 incredible. And you know, my biggest hope here is that going forward, whether we lift the trophy or we don't, which obviously we, we want them to, and we we pray for that to happen. I just hope this gives that makes the club have changed its whole mindset of how big we are now. Like, we are a big club. We've always been a big club. Well, we're now a massive club. Yeah, you look and, at all the and, European and we can win today. things. And we're in the Champions League final. Real Madrid aren't. Juventus aren't. Manchester mm. United aren't. We are in the, in the Champions Correct. League final. Correct. That's and this is line. where we should be. And, and um, in, in, in finals, you know, we... Obviously, you and I, you know, grew up watching Mickey, yeah. you know, and, and watching finals. You know, we were at Wembley every other week. Um, <laughs> and, and we loved it because we, we, were, we were a big club. And we should be... Uh, you know, competing for, for these final places. So, I hope that's where the the, the whole shift goes. Like that, now we we go into every season thinking we can win things. Mm. We can win the league. We can win the Champions League. We can win FA Cups. We can win things because we've got to get that. Well, you mentioned that win things, okay? And Mickey, I'd like to bring you in here, Mauricio Pochettino, who uh, I know you've met and whatever. Again, the emotion that came out in his press conferences and whatever yesterday and the, the, the emotion on the pitch when he went back to applaud the Spurs fans was, was beautiful. Beautiful to see. How good, I mean, how, how good do you think he is, is as a coach? You know, trying to sort of put, I know he hasn't won anything, put him alongside the Fergusons, the Vengas, the Guardiolas. How good do you think he is? Hey, listen, it depends how you view the judgment. You know, some people will judge on the basis of what has or hasn't been won in in terms of trophies. Um, But when you look at the much, much bigger picture, and it's a picture that I love to look at, (laughs) it's a picture that says, hang on, this guy's came in. If you look at his starting point, it wasn't the best. If you look at the players and the way the team has grew and uh, and developed, it's quite phenomenal. Um, If you look at his net spend in the transfer market, um, and over the last year, it's zero. Um, <laughs> it's it's phenomenal what this guy has achieved, and, and and my my love for this guy is that it's my belief, and I, I'm not trying to push my beliefs on anyone else. It's my belief that every great club, and if you go through history, every great club has a nucleus of homegrown youngsters that have come through the system. They've learned about what the history and the traditions and the styles and the philosophies is the club all about. Uh, They've learned about its past players and its past achievements. So when they break through into the first team, they have this, they they become the art and soul of the club. Uh, You then sign big name players to supplement that art and soul, those youngsters, and the two work hand in hand. The youngsters educate the the big name signings about Mm. the history and the traditions and the philosophies of this great club, and they pass it on to the big name signings. And the big name signings pass on their knowledge of uh, an education of um, making them better footballers. So it's a wonderful um, learning tool from both parties that the the homegrown talent um, it passes on their knowledge of what it's like to be a Spurs player, to play in a North London derby, etc. And the big name players, they teach the, the, the youngsters how to be better players. And, and I think that that's what Pochettino has done. 
And for that, he should be revered throughout football. And when I see um, the press and the TV companies sort of talking down his achievements because he's not won a trophy, I think to myself, well, would Guardiola have won a trophy if he hadn't spent £750 million on the Manchester City team? Would Liverpool be sitting in the Champions League final if he hadn't spent £500 million? You know, we haven't spent a penny and we're in the Champions League final. And I think that says just about sums up how good this guy truly is. Yeah, that that's that's that again. You, you're making me cry again. That, that that's absolutely beautiful, and and I just want to add, uh, f- f- from my perspective, you know, I started going in the mid seventies. You know, we flirted with relegation. We then went down. A, a new breed of players came through, with you included. You know, the sort of the early eighties team, the mid eighties team. So as a sort of sixteen, seventeen year old, I, as Rob mentioned, you know, Wembley was like a second home, and then as an old as an adult. I sat through, uh, you know, a lot of dross. Uh, we had the sugar years. We had the gross years. We had, you know... And even when you talked about trophies and people think it's all about trophies, I remember I got excited by one day Ramos. We beat in Chelsea. Oh, Woodgate, this is brilliant. The next season, again, we were, we were wretched. To, to, to now see a team that, A, I feel really, really connected to. I really believe we've got some wonderful young players that generally want to be there and generally want to play for this manager... And to sit here now with two very great friends and, 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 and have this conversation now that Tottenham Hotspur are in the Champions League <laughs> final for the first time in our history. I mean, I mean I'm incredulous well, that we're it. here. Nobody and can so, believe it. No, believe it. And, and okay, I know social media is a new thing. I get that. And people, armchair warriors and sit there at home, you know, and, and they've got their, their point of view. But again, the fact that you've got I mean, I, I don't look at my phone during the game. But when you go back after the game, you see all the messages at halftime by these fucking idiots who are going on about this and that and that. They don't get the context. Mm. They don't get the fact that, okay, lucky people like us who live in London, who go to these games, who physically paid money and time and had arguments with family because I want to go to this game and mm. no, I'm going up to Norwich next week and all this stuff. It, it's our lives. It's part of our lives. We, 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 don't, we, we give so much time and effort and money to be part of this. Mm. And to get where we are now is, is just extraordinary. Yeah. Quite extraordinary. Well, look, Sunday, Everton um, is going to be quite a party. Mickey, are, are, you, are you well enough to, to, to come on I Sunday? I the game, yes. And can I just say that was beautifully put, Mike. Oh, thank can you. Can I just say that in reaching where we are at today, there's been a long, long, long journey from 1882. Mm. And along that path, there's been some of the most wonderful footballers, the most wonderful managers and coaches, the most wonderful ball boys, the most wonderful laundry women and kit men. You know, there's been so many people that have helped bring us to where we are today and we must never forget the people that have played such an incredible part in our history. Uh, and, and, and as a little thank you to them that here we are in 2019 in the Champions League in Madrid versus Liverpool. I think it's incredible to say where we are at today and there's a special thank you out to all those people that played their part. Well, you know, I was, I was just thinking something then. If we win the Champions League, we, we're in the World Club Championship. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> Where's that? <laughs> God no, Japan or somewhere. It, it, it's an amazing thought. Amazing thought. <laughs> yeah. We could be world champions. We could be in the World Club Championship. Oh God. 
Let's hope we don't I'm play someone. I'm having, I'm having to cope with being. These are going to get me crying. <laughs> it just dawned on me. We could have the World Club Championships. Let's hope we don't get some Uruguayan side that yes. kicks seven colours of shit out of all the players. Let's say that's where we deserve to be. This club is just the most yeah. incredible yeah. football club. And, and it gets inside your blood and in its your heart and your soul. And, and um, that's where we should be. We should yeah. be champions of the world club football. And uh, <laughs> hopefully... Um, that's what we will. No, you're, you're right. Soon. And I genuinely hope with with the game on June the first. I know a lot of fans will go out there or thinking to go out there, and many of us probably won't get that match ticket. But I urge you, if you could afford it and you can get time off work and away from the family, get out there. Let's all meet up. Let's all just have because it may never happen again. Let's all have, please God, a, a, an extraordinary weekend together in Madrid it'll be short sleeve order the weather will be good we're going to have they, they dine late in Madrid 11 o'clock restaurants open yeah. I always bring back to the food oldest oldest restaurant. Restaurant. it's always a late dinner the oldest, late dinner. oldest restaurant in the world there, the Botin yeah yeah I suggest Mike, can on, I, I just recommend. say yeah. I'm looking for someone to push my wheelchair in <laughs> I, I'd do it gladly <laughs> what an honour I would do it gladly <laughs> can we we'll take turns we've been like the two characters in Little Britain yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, Mickey, thank you so much for joining My us for pleasure. the entire show. It, My it's, absolute it's, pleasure. Thank you so much. Theo, thank you so much. Rob, thank See you. you. We're Madrid. back next um, next Tuesday for our sort of last domestic podcast. Uh, I'm joined by Jerry Cox from Haters TV, Abby Summers, and the return of Mr. Phil Cornwell. Wow. Phil, yeah, I've, I've Great. dug him up. Phil will be joining us next week. Um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for... All of you being part of this podcast for 12 years, we've been doing this shit. 12 <laughs> years, we've been coming up with the name Drivel. Did we ever think we'd do a special, well, a Champions League final never special? Never thought it'd be no. a Champions League special. I, I did. I did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mickey did, of course. <laughs> On nights like this, uh, it, it's worthwhile. Yeah. Thank you so much. Until next week, come on, you Spurs. This day, January the 22nd, 2008, having drawn the first leg on one or the other, January the 20th, 1951, on this day, top January the 14th, 1978, a jump. On this day, January the 17th, 1968, Martin Chivers makes his debut. For if you're interested in the history, landmarks, and great achievements of the football club we hold dear, your love on this day. And White Hart Lane erupts. Jimmy Greaves equalises on the stroke of half-time. Aaron Lennon scores a fourth. Tottenham embark on a 19-game unbeaten run. On this day, a daily mini-series dedicated exclusively to memorialise great Spurs days gone by. Exclusively available at patreon.com slash spurshow. Patreon.com slash spurshow. Jimmy Greaves equalises on the stroke of half-time. John Pratt Brace at a... January the 17th, 1968. Patreon.com 
Aaron Lennon scores a fourth. Tottenham embark on a 19-game unbeaten run. 1951. Martin Chibbers makes his debut for Spurs. Top of the league and White Hart Lane a run. 1978. 2008. 1951. 1968. Patreon.com slash Spurs slash The Spurs Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. Sports Social Podcast Network.